Welcome to the Be Real Podcast. I'm Diana Gasparoni. I'm a visionary psychotherapist, CEO, and founder of Be Well Psychotherapy and Be Her Programs. I am Ednisha Salisbury. I am a therapist, speaker, trainer, and co-creator of Black Woman Be Whole. Each week, we will talk about the journey of mental health wellness. We will talk about why your mental health is just as important as your physical health and the connection that being mentally well has on all areas of your life. We will be interviewing psychotherapists, doctors from both Eastern and Western disciplines, authors, change makers, thought leaders, and more. Our mission is to bring you information that is both thought provoking and encourages you to look closer at your mental and emotional well-being. We give you tips and insights to taking the next steps. If you have already gotten into the door, we'll get you to go a little deeper. Each week, we're going to have real conversations, helping you work through your mental wellness questions and reminding you that you are not alone. Mental wellness is our passion. We practice what we preach. It is our mission to touch as many souls as we can with this content and leading you to a place of mental clarity and well-being. So for the next hour, let's work together, lay back on the couch and get real. Welcome back to Be Real this week. So Diana, um, I got to say that in the pandemic, I've cut my hair more than once. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, I don't know if I kind of went mad somewhere in there. So for you guys that don't know, like maybe six weeks ago, I cut my hair super short and I colored it light brown and um, I felt like a boy. (laughs) Um, I have been struggling mentally, emotionally for the last six weeks. I did not know how much of my identity was tied to my hair. I probably should have known, but I didn't. I usually have like a swoop a side swoop. And I got rid of the swoop because I thought I didn't need it. And I did. (laughs) And so I finally worked my way back. I grew my hair back. I just got it done yesterday and I could not be happier. I'm back to jet black where I belong. Feeling good. I just want to let everybody know. You look super cute too. I like it. I like it. I am super, I, I might get a lot of my identity from my hair. So I can appreciate that very much. Like I am a redhead and I make sure that it stays that way. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not ready to give that up and the length, all of it. Like I'm very identified by my hair. So I do appreciate what that the stress and trauma (laughs) that you have to go through when you get a haircut and you're like, Oh, (laughs) this isn't me who, this is not me. Well, I'm glad that you're feeling better. That's yes. So my, my reveal this week is that I know that at the beginning of the pandemic, I was like, get up every morning and put on your shoes. Like you're at work. And now the hippie in me has taken over and I've completely stopped wearing shoes. So, um, I wear them to go outside, but I like slip into Birkenstocks to go outside to walk the dog. And any of the places that I've gone, the two things that I've worn so far are Birkenstocks and sneakers. So I'm a little concerned now. It's almost like concern. I was like, am I going to have, should I put on shoes to just walk around the house? Like what happens when we have to go back to the office? Like, should I have like an hour a day that I put shoes on? Because I think some of the habits that we, that we create in the pandemic are going to be a little bit hard to break. I can't imagine the day I have to put heels on again. I am so not looking forward to it. um, I walk around with the heels. Yeah. So I'm not ready. I'm, I'm not ready. So, yeah, I mean, it's going to be something like the 
underneath your feet. Like I, I'm curious about feet because of how they hold you <laughs> up. No, it's the yoga teacher and me. Like your feet are very important. We take them for granted. They are very, very, very important. They do a lot for us. I just got the Fitbit. I know how many steps I have to take. You need your feet to take the steps. We have to be very, very, very good to our feet. And then we're going to put shoes back on. We could have a full episode just on wearing shoes. But that's not what today's episode is about. No, no. Today's episode. (laughs) Today, we are super blessed because Anisha is actually a guest today along with (laughs) she is actually sitting on the guest side uh along with the co-creator her co-creator Kimberly Moore so of Black Women Be Whole so Kim is the co-creator of Black Women Be Whole a service that focuses on mental health and self-care advocacy for black women Black Women Be Whole provides services for black women to gather and explore healing, joy, connection, and sisterhood and judgment-free spaces. She has also produced a documentary short film about mental health in the Black community and her show on Manhattan Neighborhood Network, Convos with Kim, interviews women of color who are doing their part to make the world a better place. She is a native New Yorker who loves to travel and loves music. Okay, so sit back, get your tea, and have a listen, and just check it out, because Black Woman Be Whole is an amazing, amazing, amazing program for women, and uh, I can't wait for you all to hear about it. As you know, I am a huge supporter of therapy, and if there was ever a time to prioritize your mental well-being, it's now. As the founder of Be Well Psychotherapy, I am proud to announce my team is leading the way in online therapy. Be Well is based in New York City, and we were one of the first practices to pivot to online therapy with the outbreak of COVID-19. With over 15 licensed therapists, Be Well offers a variety of methodologies and approaches so you can select a therapist that is a good fit for you. We help individuals of all ages, including kids, teens, couples, and wait for it, we even have online group therapy. There is no need to struggle alone with feelings of depression, anxiety, isolation, grief, or loss. To learn more, visit BeWellPsychotherapy.com or text BeWell, that's one word, to 484848 to get connected with a therapist today. Again, that's BeWellPsychotherapy.com or text BeWell, one word, B-E-W-E-L-L, to 484848 to get connected to a therapist today. And now back to our amazing show. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, depending on when you're listening to Be Real. Welcome back. It's me, Diana Gasparoni, and my co-host. And Nisha, of course I'm here. Of course, I never know when it's my time to say I'm here. But I'm here, guys. I promise you. It's okay. We don't know when people are listening or what's happening. So, But we do know that we're here now and we do know how to run the show. We're super excited today. So when Anisha is not sitting across from me virtually or sitting across from a patient virtually. She is the co-creator of an amazing program called Black Woman Be Whole. And we are fortunate enough to have the other co-creator with us today, Kimberly Moore, so that she can tell us and they can tell us together all about their program. Welcome, Kimberly. Hi, Diana, Don, and Nisha. Thank you for having me on the show. I'm super excited to be doing this. 
Me too. I'm so glad you're here. <laughs> it's, it's so cute Friday, to have- y'all. It's Friday. It is cute to have the two of you here today. So, Kim, let's get started by, I mean, we know a little bit about Anisha because she's here every week. So let's find out a little bit more about you. So tell our listeners about you. I am a native New Yorker, and I like to tell people that I am a native New Yorker by Southern roots because my family is from the South. My mother is one of eight. My father is one of nine. So I have a big, loud Southern family. And having exposure to all of those people and personalities, I think, has given me a really good foundation of how to communicate with people or how to just be in relationship with others. Having that foundation has really been helpful for me in the work that I do, my day job as a non- in the nonprofit sector, as a fundraiser. And I've been doing that for about 18 years now. And it's also a great way for me to really do some of the work that we're doing with Black Woman Be Whole. As the co-creator of Black Woman Be Whole, uh, we work on mental and mental health and self-care advocacy for Black women. And what we do together is a really great thing, I think, with Adnisha's skills and my skills in helping to serve Black women. Well, I love that answer. And I am so excited. I want to jump right in, but I'm going to go with our... With our um with our outline because I want to get to the core of what you do because it's so important and it's so important right now. But what I do want to know is how you guys, in my mind, you guys have been friends forever, right? Like forever in a day. Tell us, Anisha, I'll, I'll jump start. on in. Let, let, <laughs> let's start with how you guys actually know each other. So we love to tell this story because we both um, tell it in our own way. So Kim and I met in high school, actually, but we were not friends at all. <laughs> Um, we were in like two completely different social circles. And so I remember that, um, at the library, they would show where, where everyone was going to college, right? All of the seniors. And I remember Kimberly and I were going to the same school and everyone was like, your school must not be a great school because Kim is going because no one knew how amazingly smart she was because she just seemed like she was just floating. She was that kid. She just floating (laughs) around the school. She's doing everything (laughs) with everyone. And so Using her communication skills. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Very handy in high school. Very handy in high school. Yep. So we get to school and we did a summer program together. So I say that I think the day that we truly bonded, Kim, was we got to summer um, college and we decided to go to a tattoo parlor. So I decided to get my belly pierced and Kim decided to get a tattoo. And our RA took us, our resident advisor took us. She probably shouldn't have. We probably were 18. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think I was 18. You may not have been. I was 17, I think. Oh, yeah. You definitely, no, no. She definitely was supposed to get your parents to sign something. As somebody who's worked with teenagers, your parents all should have signed something for you to go into that tattoo parlor. It was very lax. I was like, okay, yeah, let's go do this. I've always wanted one. Let me go get one. And so that was that was a cool experience, I think. It does kind of bond you for life. I mean, you have you actually have a, it's dated. You're stamped for the day that I you actually have, I became. still have my belly ring. She still has that damn tattoo. It's a spider and a web on her arm. But but let me tell you what it the origins of that, because I don't think that people know. Um, you know, as an avid reader you know, uh, Jack Kerouac, you know, he wrote, the only people for me are the mad ones, the ones who are mad to live, mad to be, mad to like just be together. And so, and, and the last line he writes about spiders popping. And so 
for me, that really speaks to, I think, my philosophy about like people, the people that I like to be around, the people who like to talk, who like to just be out there and who are real. So it's a reminder for me based on a book that I love. I love that story. I immediately <laughs> went to, sp- to Charlotte's Web. So you went to I was like, oh, she was a fish. She's 17. She was a fish. Charlotte's Web. No, not Re- quite. Not quite. Reading Jack. Right. So let's say, let's just go right back. Yes. You were floating around school and super smart. <laughs> Jack Kerouac, 17. Before that, obviously. Yeah. So it was kind of like a thing where, you know, I just did my thing. I think for me, I'm, I'm a very low key person. Like I try to just sort of like get around other people. I like to be around different diverse groups for that feeds me to be around different kinds of people. And so, yeah, I was with like the potheads. I was with like the slackers. I played like (laughs) spades in the lunchroom, you know, hung out with the football team. Like, you know, I played sports as well. So it was just a very diverse group of people that I hung around. Amazing. And but did you guys know that you were going to the same college? Yeah, we figured it out. Yeah, but yeah. I, at first I didn't know. And it wasn't like a thing in which I think I cared because my story was that I didn't like it, Nisha. <laughs> this is why because the story she, was, she was so prissy. And I just was like, that's not me. Like, you know, I like to wear hats, baggy clothes. <laughs> you know, that's not really my thing. You know, she came as she does now. You know, she comes to work or whatever. She's always fully dressed. She looks beautiful. That's just not my story. I'm like, where my teeth brushed is my hair done are my clothes clean let's get out let's go oh kim you i appreciate you very much right now this is this is how i'm like have i do my shoes match okay good we're off we're we're i'm done i'm good exactly everything is okay let's go because the day is the day's here and we've got to meet it let's do it i do want to say that I do not have on makeup today, and I have on my Hobart and William Smith Colleges t-shirt because that's the school we went to, so I wanted to represent today for you, Kim. Yeah, that's all. I just wanted to let everybody know I was excited (laughs) to have my college t-shirt on today. It was our 20th um, reunion this year. It got canceled because of COVID, but that just shows how long Kim and I have been friends um, since we were 17, and so it's been well over 20 years now that we graduated from college, so... Yeah, we're, we are still a pack. That oh, is. Yeah. So we are celebrating 20 years of friend. 20. Well, it would have been 20 plus 20, 20 plus. plus years of friendship. I love it. Okay. So now we have 20 plus years of friendship. How did you, Kim, let's start with you. Where did this whole idea come from for your um, the, the genesis of this started, I think, for me in 2017? I did your group therapy, Be Her. Uh, for yes. about eight weeks. I <laughs> you were a member therapy. of a Be Her Circle. I did. I did a Be Her Circle. Thank you, Diana, for that. Um, Thank you, And Jim. I did a lot of work with that. And so I think that was the start of this journey for me. Once I did some of that work, I tried to figure out, like, what else do I need to be doing for myself to kind of move, move forward? Mm-hmm. And I did this conference, which both of you were at, and thank you for being presenters, because I wanted to really talk to women about finances, mental health, and and boundaries. And that came from something that I wish that I had after a breakup that I had because I didn't handle it well and I didn't do the things that I would have done now knowing what I know about mental health and therapeutic kind of interventions. And so after that conference, I started talking to Adnisha and I said, I want to do more. I want to do something bigger. I want to make this something that people that women that look like us can benefit from. 
and you as the therapist and with my idea, let's do something together so that we can really um, take both of our skills and apply it to something really special. It started out with like healing through truth telling this very kind of small concept of getting women together to talk through their emotions and using therapeutic interventions. And so having this cathartic experience in a room full of women really spoke to me because the power of the collective is something that I've just been explore, exploring and really trying to figure out how do we work through things together? Because it's difficult to do it by yourself, but it's, it's, for me, it felt easier to do it with other women in the room who may have been going through the same things. And so you have kind of like, I see you sister, or I, I understand because I've gone through those things. I love every single thing you said. And how, oh, I mean, I want to go back to the event that you, that you put on. It was a new year's event, right? Yeah. New, new year, new, new year. year. It was incredible. You pulled to, I was blown away how many women you pulled into that room. That was, it was such a powerful experience. Really, when you set your mind to something, you really made that happen. I mean, that was, what do we have like a hundred women and like, and you got it together in like three weeks and they were like in there. <laughs> like, it yeah. was like two months. Cause I just started in, I started like in three like weeks October, to November. And we right. were like, Everybody was there. Everybody was present. There were people like people were interactive. They were talking. The speakers were dynamic. We had lunch. Um, it was very organized. I mean, as somebody who's tried to put on uh, an event that keeps getting canceled, <laughs> but of that magnitude, I think about the work that you did and you put into it and just like the gift that you brought into that room for those women. It was it was spectacular. I loved it. And I loved being part of it as well. Well, um, thank you very much. I think um, you all made that experience because as the presenters, the information that you imparted to the attendees was really um, powerful so that they can then go off and do that work for themselves. It's always like, what can we give to people so that when they leave the room that they can then take and kind of in integrate into their lives for, for them to you know be better or change what they wanted to change? It was, it was, such good, such good information. And yes, I think that what you speak, you spoke to after a breakup or at all, like when a woman feels empowered in any way, things get moving, things get stirred up, more people get educated around her as a result, which is so like the amazing ripple effect of all of the, all of the work that you guys are going to put out into the world. Truth telling is something else I want to speak to. Anisha, can you speak to the truth telling? So for me, I'll just also thinking about the work as a therapist, I mainly see people individually. I thought about, hey, how can I do this work um, with more women? You know, how can I reach more people? So when Kim came to me with the idea, I thought it was just an amazing thing that we can kind of do these workshops. And so the thing about the truth telling is that we feel like if you can, you know, speak out about the things that have impacted you, the people who have impacted you, um, the life events, the labels that we either give ourselves or have been given to us, how much of a healing experience could that be? I would say as a black woman, um, community is very important for us. And so, and kind of having that time to fellowship and get together and kind of just share experiences. So we felt like that truth telling part, that that's what it was about. It was a, it was a chance to not feel alone, right? To be with other women, to share your story, to know that, hey, you know, I've had some issues in my life, but I'm not the only one. There are other women like that and they can hold a space for me. And so that's really what it's about for us is it's holding a space. Yeah. I think also um, just getting to our methodology. It's what we 
we layer in through anything, any of the work that we do, whether it's a workshop or an experience. And to the point that I mentioned about my family and being around people, the people that impact you, the people that have raised you shape who you are today. And those people also give you labels that you either internalize or reject. And so with those two things combined, your reaction to life events that we all experience, childhood, marriage, birth, death, spirituality, all of those things are impacted by people who've given you that language or that experience to help you understand how to navigate. And some of that may be toxic and it's not in line with like what you want, who you want to be. And so really working through those, um, those three different sort of categories is how we, how we administer our workshops and experiences. I like that, like all the categories have been thought about, like all the things that really impact you, your emotional, your physical, and your spiritual health are all involved in the program um, and what you are offering. I want to talk about, you mentioned, Kim, that you were in a Be Her Circle. And my personal mission behind that was that it is a very diverse room where people get to talk about their experiences and have other other people hear the experience of people that don't look like them, which in your particular model, it is to have black women in the room together. And I think that this is very, it's always been important, but is also being highlighted right now and around what is available and resources for black women and coming together. Anisha, can you speak about how you made that decision? Well, I think that when Kim and I were thinking about this idea, we were looking at what is out there for women first, right? And Mm -hmm. so we went to a bunch of events, and some of you might know Mama Gina. We went to a Mama Gina event. Diana, you know about Mama Gina? (laughs) I know about Mama Gina. Yes, I do, ladies. Right. With just a room full of women who were just looking for a way to, I think, heal. Right. And just kind Mm -hmm. of be around other women. So that was so important. And we felt like we needed a space that was our own. Right. Where black women could just gather and kind of be free of mainstream stereotypes. So for us, we realized that the way that we present to the world changes sometimes when there is a white gaze. So we wanted to kind of bring about a space where black women was simply just like valued, supported, validated, respected, and centered. Because a lot of times in this world, black women are not centered, right? So we wanted to create that space where they would be centered so they can then like self-reflect and connect and kind of unpack. And so we really wanted to bring about some sisterhood. And, And that's another big part of what we do, Kim, if you want to talk about that, but it's around sisterhood. And, and, and that's so important for us because Kim and I have a sisterhood. And actually, we're like a threesome. It's three of us. There's another girl who is our friend too, Chanel. And so the three of us have always had this sisterhood. And actually, when we were in college, they gave us a sisterhood award. <laughs> because we were, <laughs> we were always together, but we were also always supporting each other and pushing each other along. And so we wanted to kind of give that to these women and have a space where you can do that. I think um, that sisterhood piece was super important for me because, as Anisha said, we don't have those spaces often um, that we can feel safe and free of judgment. And I would also add the male gaze as well, in addition to the white gaze, because I think those two things, those two intersections for us as Black women have been problematic when we're in spaces because our voices get diminished or our issues don't get highlighted or built up. And so really being able to create this space and say, you are welcome here. Let's do some work together and let's actually do it collectively is really kind of like the 
the steps that we try to um, encourage uh, women who look like us to, to come to our workshops and really do some of that work together. It's so important and so necessary. I mean, I'm, I get really excited when we talk about things that are going out <laughs> in the world and I know that it, they're going to make people's lives better. Knowing that myself as a white woman, having been in spaces that are all white and have the safety of that, and knowing that you guys are offering this for women, Black women, women who look like you, to really be able to let their guard down, right? Like it is, it's exhausting to keep your guard up all day. So all the time. And this is like such an amazing and informative place I want to I want to support it so much in any way that I can. So I want to keep going with my questions here. <laughs> I'm like I want I want more information. So um, can you tell me a little bit about? I want to know a little bit about the the takeaway in the group itself because I know Anisha, you were just talking about the individual work and then the group dynamic. And in the group dynamic, we do get a more a different takeaway. So talk a little bit about the sisterhood part of it, because I know you guys have a sisterhood and then what kind of sisterhood within the group? Like, what is that? What is that experience like creating friendships? I know there's a lot about friendships around it. So I think for me, it was very important that it was a judgment free zone. Right. So we have like all of these things, like the do's and the don'ts. Right. Like just kind of using I statements and and not giving your opinion at all, just kind of holding a space. And I think that that right there creates a sisterhood in and of itself, that you just have someone who will hold a space for you, especially in healing through truth telling. The way it's set up is that, you know, there's the big six emotions. So say like you're going to talk about joy and then maybe you'll talk about maybe a life event. You know, when you think about joy, what life event comes up for you or what label comes up for you and you're sitting across from another woman and it's a very one on one experience, right? Where you listen to her, she listens to you. You you don't kind of give any feedback. You just kind of hold that space. And so I think that that can create a, a sisterhood. And, and, and Kim and I actually did a focus group. And our first, first focus group that we did, we realized that the ladies didn't want to leave, right? <laughs> like, so no, they did not want to go. They, you know, they kind of had this experience together where it was like musical chairs, right? Like, so every time we talk about a different emotion, you sit across from another woman to have that discussion, right? In a space where you are heard and she, and she's heard. And so at the end, like the fellowshipping that went on and the women just kind of wanting to be together to talk about the experiences. And a lot of people got together afterwards. You want to speak a little bit more about it, Cam? Yeah, I think the elements that we incorporated into the experience, we sort of looked at when we went to these other experiences. Um, so Harriet's a pocket theory and Dear Black Woman, where we did affirmation circles. There were pieces of it that we were like, this is great, but we need more. Um, where's the therapeutic piece of it? Where's something where people are actually sharing? And so we created that through some of these exercises that we incorporated. So when someone first comes in, they we have questions around the room and we encourage attendees to sort of talk amongst each other and sort of answer them. Like, when have you felt seen, heard or validated? You know, what are labels that were given to you that you've internalized or rejected? Really to get them to think, get them in that mindset first before we actually go into the exercise. And then what we do is uh, we have a visual storyteller. So we have stoles. And so we ask attendees to pick the people that have impacted them, write down labels that have impacted you and life experiences that have also impacted you. And so you're looking across at someone 
and you're looking at their story. So their stole story, that's what we call it. And you can actually see someone like, so Anisha's, my, Anisha's issues might be with her mom or like her brothers. Mine might be with like my grandmother or my uncles or my siblings. And so it's different. Our story is written on us. And so it's kind of a visual imprint that people can see uh, when they're sitting across from one another. Another exercise that we do to kind of get people prepped is uh, a hugging exercise, which we will no longer be able to do thanks to the pandemic. So oh really no, I miss you know? hugging. I want hugging you guys, I miss hugging. So many what are we going to do? You know? I know. <laughs> yeah, so many women are touch deprived. And so hugging releases, you know, oxytoc oxytoxin. And so really getting them in another kind of space of physical. So we do uh, mental and physical kind of prep work before we get into the exercises. And then after like we do this big six emotions, we do a talk back where we ask people, you know, what resonated with you? Where were you mentally when you're, you were discussing these sort of things so that we can let other people hear that there may be the same issues that they've experienced. And so that's where that collective kind of, oh, okay, this is what's happening. This is also happening to someone that I don't know because we like to pair people with uh, one another that are not known to each other. And then the last part is the celebration. And we say, you know, throw off your stole. This is not your story. Let's celebrate. We give everyone a tiara and we do a runway. <laughs> and we dance. And, oh, we, dance. and we, dance. we celebrate the work that they've done because it's some heavy work. You know, we're asking attendees to really access some pain points for them that they may not have had the time to discuss or had experience with revealing. Talking to strangers has proven to be an easier way to, to sort of get those things out. And so we've looked at each piece of the work that we do in terms of exercises and how do they go together. And we also incorporate music because we love music. So we, we got music. Beyonce we on to dance. And you can go down to Beyonce. Okay. I'm a little stuck on the tiara at the end because, of course, there is a tiara at the end. <laughs> um, I love that. But I also, I like the idea of identifying the pieces of your story and letting, and really not keeping it inside. Like, you've made it so, phys like, physically public. Like, yeah. okay. And then you get rid of it. Like, because yeah. we aren't, right? Like, you are, you you're using it to, like keep you together and keep you bound and then like out we're going to get rid of it we're going to drop it and we want you to rewrite the story and and from your lens now right knowing that you don't have to hold all of these things that you thought that you had to hold and another big part of it is we do share um like resources so we talk about journaling and the importance of that and as a therapist of course i think that therapy is very important so i talk about that we talk about meditation and, you know, so we give all of these options for women that this is just the first part of the journey, right? So look at all the other work that you have to do. And from there, we are in the midst of creating like a handbook, right? Kind of like a playbook of life to kind of help you work through some of the things that we talk about. Um, we talk about the, the life events and the labels, and we want people to kind of continue to expound on that with um, the playbook that, we're, that we put together. Ooh. I'm excited about this life playbook. So Kim, one of the things uh, that I'm super excited about is that you're not a therapist because we, <laughs> I mean, we, we spend a lot of times with therapists and we spend a lot of times in our, a lot of time in our heads, Anisha and I, and a lot of time talking about therapist stuff, but you are not. And both of you are advocates for mental wellness, but talk about your personal experience and how you take care of your mental health, all of those things. Cause everybody knows what me and Anisha do. 
<laughs> we talk yes. about it every week. The non-therapist <laughs> in the room. I think for me, um, I've sort of evolved in how my mental health plays out. And so, like I said, in 2017, I think that was like my first introduction to like group therapy and kind of therapeutic interventions. And from there, I did like a journey of self-exploration. Like, you know, like Anisha said, I went to the Mama Gina event. I did a lot of like reading. I'm a self-help book I don't want to say that I, I do love it. I love self-help books. <laughs> I, you know, I just right. had to be honest and just confess. I think for me, like a lot of the work that I've been doing has been, you know, with reading, actually communicating more, developing better boundaries. Um, when you come from a big family, no is not in your vocabulary. And being able to say no to family members as well as friends was a very difficult thing for me. And in, And for me, it was just like trial and error. Like, how do I feel about this? How do I want to uh, be in relationship with someone and still tell them no? Because it was just really finding my voice and being able to say those things and being in those spaces that I, you know, that I sought out helped me to do that. Because again, when you share with people, parent shares, when you go through those exercises, you're actually modeling how you need to talk to others. And it wasn't until I did those things that I was able to work on my mental well-being and usually it's in relation to other people that you're in mental distress because they're the ones causing <laughs> the problem 100%. or that you're allowing to cause the problems. Not, it's not one-sided. It's, you know, it goes both ways. There are lots of things that I allowed and that I had to sort of regroup around because again, that conditioning that I had from like my family and my childhood told me you can't say no, or you can't say this, or you can't speak up. And so really being able to find my voice in a myriad of ways by just being immersing myself in those experiences and reading about lots of different theories and practices and all sorts of things. I mean, I've got the quiz books. I had to throw out a bag of like books because I just couldn't believe I had so many. Like, What are you doing here? But that's also because culturally therapy was not something that was talked about or is talked about in my community, like with my family or friends. And so I'm really happy to see that the trend of mental health and discussing therapy in the Black community is on the uptick because we really do need access to therapeutic services, whatever that may be. And it's not just talk therapy. It's writing in a journal. It's also just sort of like having that self-reflection and really thinking through what are the things that I want to, what, that I want to do and what's impeding it. And it, and usually it's me, it's not anyone else because it's what I allow. <laughs> and so right. really coming to terms, like you are the problem because you allow these things. It was a very like, you know, defining moment for me and shifting like towards better mental health or mental wellness. Right. It's less, it's almost less energy, right? Like when you're like chasing after whatever it is that you think is doing the something to you and you're like, oh, oh, hold up. I could just, I could just change the way I behave and I'm going to get a different result. Well, congratulations on your journey. Do you have like one particular self-practice that uh, has, I know it's been all of the multiple self-help books, but if there was one, <laughs> I mean, self-help books, when you bring them all together, I I had a, like a good chunk, a good chunk of time, a couple of years in there, maybe more than a couple. I have but, them on Audible. <laughs> I have them on Audio. I don't have actual books in my home, but they're on Audible. Yeah. Right? Like, and you're like, oh, you get like a nugget from this one and a nugget from this one. But then like there, maybe there's like one practice in particular that sits with you that like helps you that has been the most helpful, I guess. I mean, I know like we we always say therapy, it's what we always say. But for me, actually, 
it without yoga, then therapy would probably be out the window because I started them hand in hand. So like yoga is my, is my, my grounding practice. So like, what is, what is it for you? Um, I think that thing for me is music. I love music. I all, I love all different kinds of music. I think um, when I am immersed in like a musical experience, that really does um, change how I feel. It changes my energy. It makes me sort of like reflect because, you know, the words, the lyrics in the music in a song will really kind of speak to you. I did this really great event. Um, it was a movement-based class and they talked about how you carry your emotions in your body and how do you move past it and how do you, you know, just get the get the pain and the fear out of your hips or in your back or whatever. And I really started to really think about like, how does my energy change when I am feeling free or when I'm feeling in harmony with myself or balanced. And so I think for me, music has just been a very good um, tool that I that I can use for promoting my mental health or and kind of like in a physical thing too, because I'm moving my body and I'm kind of like just giving myself that space to to move and not necessarily just be stuck in one mm-hmm. place or rigid. And so it makes me less rigid. And I do notice that after like I, I do something like that, I do feel better. And so it makes me more aware of things. Look at you, Kim. I wish I could hug you right now. <laughs> you know, I'm missing Hugs the hug. Hugs from afar, pandemic. Hugs from afar. Nothing makes me happier in the world when, than when somebody connects their mental wellness with their physical wellness together as one. We were just, Anisha and I, Anisha mentioned that we're taking class together right now. And uh, one of the exercises is when we hear a word where we feel it in the body. Mm-hmm. How is that? I know that Kim, and we will talk about the class kind of, but how is that for you? Because I know like with the negative ones, I might still have the, a headache a little bit like right here. <laughs> I think it was nice to be able to kind of sit with myself and think about that. I think that we don't always think about that, right? Because we're always just trying to keep moving and keep going, right? And acting as if, you know, these ailments or these feelings that we're having are not there because it just makes it easier at times. So for me, and we're doing um, a training on breaking bias, right? So it's kind of heavy work, guys. So like, (laughs) you know, and a lot of the words I was using was like sad and tired and I felt heavy. And, you know, I felt it in different parts, like my shoulders. I noticed that I would feel it there. And then I would feel it in my, in my legs. Right. And so, it was nice to just kind of sit with those feelings and think about where they're coming from. Just pay more attention. I think that this pandemic also has helped me pay more attention, right? Because maybe I was moving a little bit too fast and maybe a lot of us were moving really quickly. And so it's allowed me to kind of just pay attention. Yeah. yeah, I think that that's a thing that a lot of us, if we're paying attention to now, I've been calling this moment the great reset for myself because we're always a work in progress. <laughs> I'm not doing everything well. I can be doing it better, but having that moment to kind of really think through what are my needs? What do I want to be doing differently after this is over has been really important to me as well. And I think um, using this time to do that work and not have those distractions in place, like birthday party, brunch, come do this, this meeting, you know, a lot of things have just fallen off as a result of the pandemic. So and it was things that I've, I had said yes to, to, and so I was overcommitted. And really having those things go away has been helpful for me because now I don't have to say no to them. I'm just not going to say yes when they want to come back because I'm already like in a groove of like, <laughs> no, no, thank you. And you, you already had that boundary boundaries. set, huh? <laughs> yeah, the <laughs> pandemic has done really good boundary setting for me. And so 
some difficult conversations are not needing to be had right now that I may not have been ready to do anyway. Well, that's right. a silver lining. And with your setting the boundaries and all the work that you're doing on boundary setting, and then you know when the calendar opens back up again and they let, they let us go outside and hug and go to brunch, <laughs> you, can already, you already know that we're only going to have a, one or two brunches on the calendar for a month, not every Saturday and Sunday. Right. <laughs> I like it. I like it. No, I think it's, I, I hear exactly what you're saying. I think that one of the things it has taken away a lot of what we're doing, but has also given us more time to like get in your head um, so that you, there's like, you can, you get to see where there were cracks in your system. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. And, mm -hmm. you know, I think we were all sort of like New York, fast paced. Everyone's just going and you've got three different things that you're doing. I mean, I, I've, I've, I've been having to say no to some of the things that I said yes to right before it happened, just because the pandemic forced it away. And I think for me, that's just been very good because now I can take that time to focus on other things. And growing out Black Woman Be Whole um, in this time has been very good for, I think, both of us being able to work on that. Yes. And so we give a full Sunday. I mean, like we spend our whole day together. And a lot of our work was around just creating the the workshops, right? And really kind of talking through what we want to offer. And then, you know, we were ready to kind of do an in-person workshop. And then of course, Corona hit. And so a lot of this has been us pivoting to say like, how do we kind of do this online, which could be really great because now we can offer it to women all over, right? Like, you know, if it's just going to be here, you think about just the women who live and maybe like the tri-state can come, but now we can reach so many more women. So it's just been really exciting how the pandemic is going to allow us to um, reach more people. Yeah, through video. People are getting more comfortable with video every day. Zoom, 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 right? Like Zoom call here, Zoom call there. We're getting more comfortable. <laughs> zoom brunches, Zoom happy hours, and Zoom birthdays. I mean, we sort of transferred that stuff to Zoom now digitally. Like, I've attended way too many birthday parties and happy hours on Zoom, and I'm not quite comfortable with that yet. Like, <laughs> I'm drinking by myself. You're looking at me, but I still feel like I'm drinking by myself. It does not feel good. It's not, it's definitely not the same. No, no. I, I 100% agree. It is um, the organic feeling of being in the room. But I do think to Anisha's point that there is so many, there are so many ways to get connected and mm -hmm. that in yeah. bringing the programs to an audience on Zoom, which we're really excited about will be amazing. So I want to talk a little bit about your Instagram. I stalk it. I'm on there. The messaging is really powerful, right? Like I look for it because I'm the hey sis. I'm like, okay, yeah, what? Tell me, tell me what's happening. But you guys have like a really exciting message that's going on in the story. And I know um, we just talked about what Kim does to take care of herself, but as uh, self-proclaimed self-care advocates, um, <laughs> which is, I, I'm loving the title. It's a great business card. So how is it, what is the message that you want the women as they're wait as they're eagerly waiting for your program to come out? I mean, I'm eagerly waiting. <laughs> um, how, what is the, what is, what are they doing in prep through their, your Instagram? What's going on? Because everybody should be following you. Uh, listen, it's so just a quick funny story. The person who actually does our Instagram and helps us with our branding was at our fo our first um, focus group. So she was a part of the whole Perfect. thing and she totally loved it. And so she's now totally 
on board. But I I do want to start she's here. She's an when amazing I, brand ambassador. I can tell you right now. She's oh, you can tell that Love whatever you, happened. Nakia. Yeah. Whatever happened there, she is she loved it. It's so apparent, which is why I want to talk about it because you you can feel the two of you in it. She's doing an amazing job. So go ahead. So first, I think that I have to say that like I grew up as a caretaker. So self-care wasn't talked about in my household and it wasn't talked about amongst friends, right? And so I think that part of the Instagram is that we want to give black women kind of permission to start to take stock what they need to feel happy, right? Like what they need to feel less stressed and what they need to feel that they are more capable of kind of handling like their life challenges, right? So every day we have something else that we kind of talk about. So we have like uh, Mental Health Monday, which is super important. I think we have Sisterhood Saturday, um, Feel Good Friday. So we want women every day to take a just a moment out of their day to think about this thing, right? Like if it's going to be on Monday, we want you to think more about your mental health. If it's going to be on on Saturday, we want to, want you to think more about your sisterhood. And when we say, well, we actually have a word for it. We call it sistership, right? Yes. Okay. So we're trying, to, of, we're like, trying to change the lexicon here. Sistership. <laughs> Go forth, people. Use it. Okay. And so every day is I'm just kind of something. It. It's something new. And we want um, Black women to know that. Because a lot of us have grown up as caretakers. So we want them to know that you can take care of you. But you have to give yourself permission to do that. And I think that when they look at our Instagram, it's a reminder that every day you should be giving yourself permission to take care of yourself and prioritize you. And so that's um, been very, just really, really important for us. What do you think, Kim? I, I think um, what we're trying to do is engage with the wider audience and, and find the people for whom this will resonate. And the kind of things that we talk about on our Instagram um, feed is really some of those things, like Anisha said, I think I love, I love um, the Dear Sis Saturday. So I did this thing uh, a couple of years ago where I did a multimedia project where we had people kind of write their thoughts about what sisterhood is. And so we have these handwritten notes that we have um, women who've filled out the, the board. And so we use that as a way to help other people understand the kind of things that we're saying. And we talk about Feel Good Friday because we want to celebrate and we want people to celebrate the, th- the wins for the week or the thing that they feel good about for themselves. And then also Self-Care Sunday because it's how do you set yourself up for the week and really following a path of like what self-care really means and engaging with um, our audience in a way that's authentic. Because when we say sis, we, we really mean that like sistership, sisterhood. That's that's important to us in the work that we do. But it's also how we model our relationships with each other. You know, Anisha is my sister. We've been doing this. We've been friends for 20 years, 20 plus years. But being able to do this kind of work with a longtime friend is so powerful to me. And it's changed our relationship in a way that I don't think it would have if we were just kind of like meeting up and going to brunches. I mean, getting together and talking about this at her table. I mean, we've spent hours just talking about the work and what we want to do and our goals (laughs) and our vision for this. And I go in there on a Friday and I leave on a Sunday because we've got so much work to do, even like putting our workbook together, our playbook and being able to really provide something that people want and can use. It starts with us. Like, what do we want? That's how, that's the genesis of this is what is the kind of information we need to do better for self-care and mental wellness. And so it really is stemming from the things that we would like to see 
Oh, I want to give you guys what you need. So that was going to be my next question. (laughs) What what you need. But I think also, I mean, this is a message that I've heard from Anisha um, often. And I think I, I hear it and giving, and I hear it much more clearly now more so than I probably have in the past is that the permission to take care of yourself as a black woman is so different than the permission that I got to take care of myself. And that in that conversation, walking away with just letting some letting that you are letting women know that it's okay. And that there is a place for them to just like check in and be like, Oh, here's an idea on how I can take care of myself. Cause I don't, I don't really know what anybody's talking about when they say self-care. That conversation is so powerful and that, I mean, Black women are tired and they need a place to rest and you're giving them a place to just sit and rest. And that's incredible. We wanted to model this, that self-care is not just about like your hair, your nails and like a occasional massage, right? It's about boundary setting, right? It's about yes. how do I say no? you know, to the people in my life, you know, that are draining me? How do I have um, better communication, healthy communication with the people in my life? Um, We want them to know that that's what self-care is really about, right? The other stuff is, it's great. I think that that's not where the real work is. The real work is kind of changing that narrative about yourself that you're probably not, if you're not happy with it, how do you go ahead and change that? Like, what are the things in your life that you need to take stock in, in order to make the proper changes? So I think that's what really excites us. But we also had to do the work with ourselves around like, are you taking care of yourself? And because I'm one of seven children, I have a lot of therapy clients. Um, We were just taught before we started this, guys, we were just talking about my schedule. Diana was like, oh, my goodness, your schedule is brutal. Anisha, you need a vacation. So it's about me kind of taking a step back as well even though I do this work to figure out like, what do I need? Right. Cause I'm so used to it. Cause my mom conditioned all of my siblings to take care of each other. Sometimes I'm just like, I don't want to do that anymore. Right. <laughs> and so I've had to be able to give myself permission to say that, that I don't want to do that anymore, that I am going to prioritize me right now, but that doesn't mean that I don't love you guys and I'm not here for you, but I just can't be here for you in the same way. So we just want other women to have that permission as well. Yeah, I think it's interesting that you mentioned that because that conditioning is what tethers us to toxic people. And the, and that person can be a family member or a friend, and we don't know how to deal with it because we don't have the tools. And again, it's never been spoken to us about what self-care really looks like. It can be ugly. It looks like you crying. It's yeah. <laughs> like, you yes. know, sometimes eating a gallon of ice cream, like, oh my God, what just happened here? <laughs> and it, it doesn't look like yes. you said, it doesn't look happy or peppy. It can be very like dark for, for people because I think in addition to that, there's, you know, adding some gratitude, but also working through some things in which you were the villain or you were part of the problem. So really flipping that narrative to understand how do you change it, but how do you not go back to it? Because it shouldn't, how do you not repeat the pattern? Because right. that's where we get these cycles of, of you know, toxicness going. Mm-hmm. So getting deep in the crevices of the dark and dirty and then yeah. also having the joy on the other side. Black Women Be Whole. I love the name, but I want to know how you came up with the name. Oh, gosh. <laughs> it was so many names. names. It was so much that went on to come up with this. Um, but I think part of us was looking at as a black woman, you know, and we are our target market in some ways, right? We were thinking like, 
what is what are the, all the parts of our lives? So you think about your mental, your physical, your relationships, your finances, like all of these pieces. And so if one part is not going well, then I'm not whole. And so I w- we were like, okay, if we're talking about healing women, then we have to talk about how do I, how do we, how do you, how do you make yourself whole? What does whole look like? And and so I feel like also as a black woman, there are always parts of me that are somewhere else that are always given to someone else. And so I knew that I wasn't whole. First, we thought it was a mouthful, but then we were like, okay, we, we can go with this. This can work. What do you think, Kim? Yeah, I mean, we've we've gone through many iterations of our names and <laughs> settling on that, once we started to dig deeper, I think a lot of that came from conversation of now that we have this piece, how does that fit into the narrative that we're trying to say? Now that we've added this layer, what does this now mean? And so when you look at all, like she said, the disparate parts, how does that equal to being wholeness? Because mm-hmm. that's what that's what it's about. Like, I need my finances to be healed, but I also need another couple of other things to be healed as well, you know? Mm-hmm. And so really working on all of those pieces. And we first we thought about a pie, like a pie chart. And then we thought about like a compass. And then we thought about <laughs> all these other things. And then we were just like in la la land, just going through all these iterations. Like, we need to stop, take a step back. And really just kind of like do some self-reflection on what does all this work mean? And it's more than healing. Healing what? Healing yourself as a whole being or as as a whole person. And really thinking through what are those pieces that apply to you? Because Anisha's issues may not be my issues, but there's still wholeness that we can both achieve in the in the work that we're doing and in the work that we want other women to do. It really sets a tone for having everything you want in your life and ha- and being comfortable in it. The name itself sets that tone. So I want that for both of you to have everything you want. So Thank I'm you. glad <laughs> as you mirror this for other women, you are- um, I want a hot man with a million dollars, Diana. Put it in the universe. <laughs> okay, girl. <laughs> um, I'm going to put that right out there. We just did. Everybody heard it. Everybody's going to hear that, right? We're not going to cut that out. Are we done? We're going to make sure that we leave that right there. So she's already feeling whole, but this just would be that little that little sliver that we put right in there. Just He's got to be hot. And do you want that in cash in the bank? Or do you want it working on the market, that million working dollars? Working on the market. Okay. Longevity. Okay. Longevity. Okay. All right. <laughs> Did we miss anything? I just want to know, is there anything about the program or the offerings or where we're going to, when we're going to get to see it, how we're going to get to get it out there? Well, I do want to talk a little bit more about the offerings because I know that we only talked about healing through truth telling, right? Because that's our like signature experience. But we also have workshops around effective and like healthy communication. And we also have a workshop about like creating, sustaining and surviving sisterhood. That's kind of how we look at it as all of the pieces, right? Like when do you know when maybe it's time to walk away from a relationship or when do you actually, you know, try and save it? And and what does that look like? Um, We also have brunches. Of course, this is all pre-pandemic. It's not to say that we can't still have them. But I think that for me as a Black woman- You have one outside six feet apart. Right. (laughs) It it feels like gathering to eat and drink is a part of self-care for me, right? It has been for a long time. And I know that it is for other Black women. And, you know, they say it takes a village to raise a child. And I think it takes a community to raise an adult. And so, like, when we have these brunches and these meetups, we want the women to kind of build that community. That's really important for us. And then we also want to provide retreats. 
So like we want to kind of have that deeper connection, people to have that deeper connection with themselves and maybe with other people and enjoy nature. Because I know that as a black woman who do a lot of things, I've like hiked glaciers and all types of stuff. I want to see more black people. Like I want to go camping. And then people will say, well, black people don't go camping. Yes, we do. We do everything. So we want to have like a full on nature experience. Like we want camping basics, survive in the wilderness. Like we want to do all of that with black women. We're super excited about all the things that we want to do. Some of them will have to wait until after the pandemic is over, though. <laughs> um, Kim, you camp? I do camp. I've camped Bless like your heart. I've glamped and I've camped. So I've done both. <laughs> okay, so glamping um, is on my list. Camping, I can't wrap my head around, but it's beautiful. It looks beautiful. Yeah, we <laughs> actually do a. It's it is glamping. We do a, a annual um, camp glamping trip. Uh, me at Nisha and our other friend with um, our friend's son. And we go and we have our little cabin. And Nisha could not deal with like the one room cabin at one point in time. So we had to upgrade so that she could have a bathroom in the same space. <laughs> it was a lot for her. Yes, we, we, we upgraded and Kim and I, we actually made a fire and we made meals and I was so proud of us. And so I was like, we can do this, Kim, like we can do this with other women and it's right. going to be a good time. So, yeah. Well, I think it's correlational to kind of like that physical thing of accomplishment. You can take that back and that that feeling that you have about accomplishment and apply it to other things in your life. So some of those things that we're trying to do really do have correlational um, parallel sort of um, things in, in, in mental and physical health, mental for and emotional sure. health and self-care. Um, and I should also mention just for a moment that the two city girls, the native New Yorkers <laughs> out in the woods building a, <laughs> building a fire. Yes. Very good. I made egg white omelets with sausage. I mean, Kim and I, I, I'm impressed. It. it was amazing. <laughs> I am super impressed. And these, they sound amazing. And I'm super excited for the pandemic to be over so you can offer all of the offerings, but, um, the idea will follow you on Black Women Be Whole on Instagram to find out when the next work, the when the first Zoom workshop or retreat or all day event is coming. I know you guys have a panel discussion coming up this Saturday. Yes, um, well, Minority so Mental Health Month mm -hmm. for Minority Mental Health Month. Those have been very successful. This is your second one, right? Yes, we did one on redefining the strong Black woman. Amazing! What a good title. It does need to be redefined for sure. It needs yeah. to be. It needs to be redefined in the public eye too. Like it needs, yes. it needs a whole rebrand on what, who black women really are and what they bring to the table and how amazing. And just like, we need a, we need a rebrand on from my side of the table so that everybody, everybody sees and it just gets the joy of having two women in their lives as amazing as you that I do. So I want, Thank I you. want that. Thank you. Um, so here's a little sniggle in the end of the show, Anisha. Yes, my question. Oh, no, you get to ask the questions today, I, th huh? I think I have to ask the questions. Oh, okay. Okay, okay. well, here's the thing. I've never asked the questions before, Kim. This isn't this. So the surprise this is, is new. That, the surprise is that <laughs> I, I had to come up with some questions. Oh. So I guess we're going to ask you the question and okay. then maybe I can ask Anish. Do I ask Anish the question? I don't know. But my favorite question, my favorite first question <laughs> is what's your favorite nineties jam? Uh, oh, I'm going to ask. I performed one. this in karaoke. I was in Kentucky and I performed it in front of like 
two people who I probably should not have performed it in front of. And I don't care because it's one of my favorite karaoke jams. <laughs> but it's Baby Got Back. Okay? So <laughs> mix a lot. And I do all of it. All, the whole Fast thing. and on point. Um, I'm going to want to see that one day. You, and, and, and you will. Okay. And now the second question is normally is a question about uh, you, but we're going to ask three questions because my other favorite question that Anisha, Anisha asks is, have you ever dined and dashed? Have I ever? No, I haven't. I have ah. not dined and dashed. I have, I'm too scared to do it. I have no idea what would happen to me if I dined at Dash and then I got caught. I'm 5'10". I'm a big black woman. They will find me. Kim? <laughs> as somebody who grew up as a waitress, every time she asks this question and somebody says, yes, I am furious. I am so happy that it didn't even cross your mind. I mean, I, I know didn't. that it didn't cross your mind for many other reasons. Yes. <laughs> However. For sure. <laughs> for sure. Okay. For sure. But the fact that it hasn't crossed your mind. Yes. Well, I have this thing. It's And I have to work through it, but I don't think I ever will. You know, that whole thing about Black people not tipping well. I over tip. I do everything like as to like combat that stereotype. So dining and dashing just makes me feel like, I don't want that stayed on my, my black womanhood, you know, like <laughs> this is not worth it. It's not worth it. I'm not, I'm also not eating out at like places that are going to cost me $150 or $200 okay. because, sure, I get you it. know, it's not worth it to the, the repercussions <laughs> or the consequences as far as I'm concerned. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Final question. You got three questions. Oh, good. Okay. What's the last one? How have you been kind today? Um, I have not been kind yet because I took the day off. And so I slept in very late. Oh, you've been um, kind to yourself. You've been kind to yourself. Yes, I've been kind to myself. <laughs> I was assuming to others. Um, I have not, I've been kind to myself by sleeping in late and I'm going to be kind to myself by drinking a glass of wine after this is over. Oh, well, there you go. What, red, white, rosé. What do we have in this afternoon? Red. I love Malbec. Okay. A little lunch. Yeah. Why not? Monday's my birthday. So I, I took today off and Monday so that I can happily immerse myself my birthday joy. And I'm, I'm doing a party on Sunday and it's like a big kids party. I've got like obstacle course, inflatable bowling (laughs) set. I've got a limbo set up. I've got these little selfie frames. People are going to take photos. I've bought glasses. I'm going full on kid for this party. I'm immersing oh, myself fun. in play. Play is play important. For play is very- <laughs> okay. Look at all of us. Make sure- like, yes. I'm in. Okay. I'm so excited. Um, hydrate, ladies. It's going to be hot out yes. on Sunday. Yes. Just make sure. Yes. Start yes. now. Yeah. Hydrate. Drink water with that wine, girl, so that you feel hydrated. Yes, for sure. Okay. Well, listen, thank you so much for being with us today. Again, follow these two wonderful women on Black Women Be Whole so that you know on Instagram so that you know when their events are coming up and you can still sign up for your panel, right? On Saturday. Yes. Yes. Um, And oh, by the way, Don's not busy on Sunday. He's letting us know. So he wants to know if he's going to get an invite to your party. Don can come. Uh, (laughs) Don, just be prepared to like wear your sneakers and be prepared to bring your A game. We said that to the kids and the adults. Like, I'm not playing. I'm going back to like six-year-old Kim on this, okay, for my birthday. I don't care. 
I do have Twister, but we can't get that close together. So no. I'm not bringing it. No, no, no. You can't do that one. Can't do that one. No, no, no. It's going to be fun. It's a play date. <laughs> it's, a play it's an date. adult play date. I love it. All right. Well, thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you so much, Kim. And um, we're going to stop here. So, Anisha, ready? Because we're still in a pandemic. So, stay safe. safe. Keep washing washing your hands and wear your mask. mask. (laughs) Okay. Thank you so much. See you next week. Thank you for listening to the Be Real podcast. Stay connected to us and subscribe to Be Real wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you are feeling it, how about a five-star review? If our conversation sparked a question, join us in the Be Real podcast Facebook group. We hope that you have walked away with some new insights, curiosities, and ideas to better help you on your journey to mental wellness and overall well-being. I encourage you to go to bewellpsychotherapy.com and check out our services and programs. Again, that's bewellpsychotherapy.com. Okay, we have to stop here, but I'll see you next week.